have reached time to talk about the cross country championships. Doug Fessler, this is not your first championship preview this fall. You have already handled the sport of girls golf. And for the first mm-hmm. time ever, you are now in charge of cross country. That's right. Yeah, we had a, a successful girls golf championship at four different locations. And I'm excited to, to push through this cross country championship this year. Okay, when is it? It is November 3rd and 4th. Located at a beautiful complex here in Columbia, Missouri at Gans Creek. The University of Missouri uses that cross-country course, and it's a dedicated cross-country course. It's great. There's a number of high-profile events there. Matter of fact, the MIAA NCAA Division II has their uh, conference tournament there as we speak right now. So this facility in Columbia, owned by the city, run by the, the Columbia Parks and Recreation Department, And it was built just for cross-country. It's a park, but it has a championship cross-country course. And as you said, high-profile meets will be there, including the Missouri State High School Activities Association Championships. But in 2025, they'll host the NCAA Division I National Championships. They'll also host the NAIA National Championships, I believe, in 24 Mm -hmm. and 25. It's really a premier facility. And we are extremely fortunate in this state to have a facility of its magnitude. Absolutely. And the, and the people that help run it, you know, they, they bend over backwards for everyone to make the championships as memorable as they can be for all our student-athletes. And I'm looking forward to it. You all get started on November 3rd. Um, Friday, we have races beginning at 9, 9.45, 11.15, and noon. Those are all followed usually an hour and a half after each race with the award ceremony. Their last awards will be at 1 o'clock that day. Jumping to Saturday, again, we started off at 9 a.m., and we have six races that day, and our last race begins at 2.15. Started the last award ceremonies at 3.15. Okay, five classes of boys and girls? Five classes of boys and girls. This year is kind of what I quote-unquote call chalk, is we kind of just go class one, two, three, four, five. So on Friday, we have class one and class two both going. This year being an odd year the boys will go first and so we'll go class one boys class one girls followed by class two boys class two girls on friday on saturday starts out class three boys then class three girls followed by class four boys class four girls and ending the day class five boys and then class five girls how far do we run in a high school cross country race 3.1 miles it is a it's a 5k we have five classes. About how many students are going to be in every race? About 150 student-athletes or so, give or take. How does a student qualify for the state cross-country championships? So there's two ways. First, we have uh, uh, four districts throughout the state in each class. And there's a number of teams that advance in each class. And I'll try to explain it as this. The maximum teams from each district that can qualify is four. So that's the top number. If there's only, though, four total teams entered in the district, then one less team qualifies. So it's not an automatic qualification as a team to state. And I'm going to interrupt you here for a second. So a cross-country team, the minimum number on a cross-country team is five runners. You can have up to seven runners in in any one race race Mm -hmm. where there is team scoring. And all of our varsity races, including our championships, have team scoring. So for a team, you can have five to seven runners. We're going to score the top five 
five finishers. The sixth and seventh we would call displacers, and we can talk a little bit about that later, but that's how a team is defined. So we have a number of schools who have students participating in cross-country, but not enough for a team. So what you just said is you're going to have four team qualifiers, unless you have four or fewer teams Teams entered into your district meet. And if that's the case, then you can only qualify one less, one less than those that you That those is that correct. Okay. That is correct. And then on the individual side, the top 30 individuals, <clears throat> inclusive of the automatic qualifying teams, they also advance. So you could have a number of individuals also advance throughout. So you've got your qualifying teams, and all of the individuals on the qualifying teams could be part of that top 30. Correct. You're basically just looking at who are my 30 kids, who's the top 30 kids, they're going. And if they're part of a team, great, it'll count for team points. So you're likely going to end up with more than 30 students Correct. out of a district because you're going to have students on qualifying teams that weren't top 30. Correct. So we're looking at a minimum number of 120 kids in any given race with four districts with a minimum of 30 students. That's that's only if the only students that qualify are the qualifying teams and and however many you have left. And then you could have more. So yeah. so we've got races of a minimum of 120 with, you know, we could we could be up to quite a bit more than that. Absolutely. So, okay, so we're at Gans Creek We've got the four races on Friday and the six on Saturday. Can you help us understand why is it we stop kind of early on Friday? So I'll go back to Thursday. There's a preview. We give basically each class an hour preview or practice run on the course. So on Thursday, that time for classes one and two is from 3 to 5 p.m. On Saturday, there's three classes that run. So on Friday, we'll have a three-hour window, and that begins at 2 p.m., 2 to 5, where there'll be a preview of that run that those classes can get on the course. And at that point in our year, we are in the first weekend in November, 5 o'clock, we're, <laughs> we're, we're getting low on it's, daylight, so we want to... Yeah, and and we, as fabulous as the facility is, it is not lit. (laughs) So that is a great segue to welcome Craig Long, our CFO, COO, to this conversation. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you. We wanted to invite you in. We've been doing this from time to time to talk about how did we end up at what we believe, and we're hosting our meet there, but what we believe is the premier cross-country course in in our state, and really, I think, our region of the country. Yeah, absolutely. And, And we've talked several times about our request for proposal process, how we determine our venues for our championships. And cross country, our history is no less interesting on how we got to where we are as well. Through the early 50s and 60s, we were largely running in Forest Park in St. Louis. The boys were. We did not have girls cross country until 1979. In the 60s and 70s, we spent a lot of time at A. Augustine Golf Course on University of Missouri campus and moved to Oak Hills Golf Center. At that time, it was called Park Golf Course in Jefferson City where we ran both the boys and girls there from 19, well, the boys from 76 until 2018, and the girls from 1979 through 2018. A lot of those years, kind of like we did with all of our championships, we tended to place those. Once we began the RFP process in earnest in the, the mid-2000s, 2006, seven that time frame, we would look all over the state. One of our cycles, and we've talked a little bit about our team sports, we're a little bit more comfortable taking our team sports anywhere in the state where and a facility and a proposal seems to make sense. With our individual sports, we tend to gravitate to the central part of the state, and that is entirely based upon feedback from our member schools. About two cycles ago, we had a fantastic proposal from Missouri Southern and Joplin. 
And I think at that time, they, and they still are considered a premier cross-country course, they have hosted an abundance of collegiate competitions over the years. And financially, for the association, that was the best bid we got that cycle for our financial statements. But the input from our schools, and plus when we calculated the additional travel costs on average for our membership, it was well over $100,000 difference impact on our member schools to be in a corner of the state versus the central part of the state. Uh, so that's a real good example there where our membership feedback says central part of the state. Uh, that's where we've generally stayed. Two cycles ago, Gans Creek had not even, they had even broken ground yet on the actual running course uh, when we were looking at the proposals, but they have a long history of completing what they say they're going to complete. And as we went through the RFP process, they gave us a fantastic proposal, what has turned out to be a nationally recognized course, and uh, we're thrilled to be there. It was actually part of, you know, in the city of Columbia, in the parks and recreation, part of the the calculus for should we build a cross-country course was tied to whether the University of Missouri would claim it as their own, and they have, and would there be a possibility for the Mission Championships there. I do believe it likely would have been built, but the fact that both of those two things happened made it possible. It's a little bit chicken or the egg. <laughs> I think Misha's decision to go there kind of solidified the fact that it would be built. Yep, and, and Misha coming to this site was largely built upon our history and our relationship with not only the community and the CVB, but largely the Columbia Parks and Recs Department. In that initial evaluation on our staff, Assistant Director Don Maurer was running cross-country at the time when we sat down with Parks and Recreation Columbia Director Mike Griggs and his staff. And our intention of that conversation was, it's not ready, we can't even consider it. And by the time we finished that conversation, their passion, their vision, their history of getting things done, we were sold. And it was very close to one of those Uh, build it, we will come. Yes. And I want to say, having been to both venues, both of the most recent venues, the Jefferson City venue was also a fabulous venue. Absolutely. Jeff City did a a great job for a long time in hosting the state cross-country championships at Oak Hills Golf Course. As you've talked about, there was a move, and it wasn't so much about getting away from Jeff City. It was just getting to a a different facility, a different opportunity. And I think the cross-country community in Missouri has really embraced Gans Creek as kind of the hub for that community. Let's talk about team scoring. I mentioned a little bit about it before, but how do you score a team cross-country competition? You take the top five people on a team, if you're looking for a team score, those get scored based on where they finish. And all the individuals that come in, they get scored on the order of finish, one, two, three, four, five, accumulate points based on basically the lowest, yeah, their place and the lowest team kind of wins you know whoever has the lowest points for the team obviously your individual is whoever comes in first but your for your team competition the lowest number of points of those five individuals they win the team competition and then i i mentioned the sixth and seventh runners they are very important they're displacers Mm -hmm. so the higher your sixth and seventh runners place they have added a point to every runner that they pass. So cross-country teams really value all seven because you want to get your lowest your lowest sum for your top five, and then you want your six and seven to place as high as possible mm-hmm. to keep your competitor teams as low as possible. So the winner of a cross-country race is the runner who crosses the finish line first and has the best time. The winner of the cross-country team championship is the team who has the top five runners whose sum of their place is the lowest. 
So it's it's points versus time. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think again in our individual sports, we've talked every individual sport that we offer has kind of a different approach to the team side and we do have a team champion in every one of our individual sports but that approach is a little bit different so we we want folks to understand how it works in cross country yep and you know the the other thing i'll mention about cross country it's a little bit different is we were talking about having five runners that place as a team you have seven runners that can actually run well you can actually enter up to 10 individuals so three people at the beginning if you do have 10 people on a team you can only choose seven of them to run in that particular race so you know strategy some sickness and there's a lot of things that come into play but so what you're saying i want you people to understand you can't put 10 kids on the line you cannot put however we require that you declare from what 10 kids up to 10 kids will you choose from to start that day That's to right. be your seven runners. That's right. You can only, once the, the gun sounds, only seven runners can be running for your school. Right. But you can enter into potential mm-hmm. 10. It is confusing for folks. So uh, how do we handle officials in cross country? We have a number of officials that uh, I'll say aid and officiate our meets. We have roughly 30, I'll just say 30 plus officials that are out around the course that are around our start-finish line that, that are there to, to make rulings, to aid in any way they can, but but they're there to make rulings. They're officials. In between a lot of those officials out on the course are what we have called, we have marshals. Marshals are out there. Most, if not all, are registered MISHA officials, but they are not serving in that role that day. They are there to aid runners, crowd control, just different things around, out on the course. We have well over 50 people that are just MISHA officials, so to speak, that are out there on the course helping out, along with most of our MISHA staff, a number of Columbia Parks and Recreation staff. We have about a dozen athletic trainers that are out there. They come a lot from the Central Methodist University. We also have University of Columbia and University of Missouri paramedics and, and staff out there. So all of this gets put together in one wonderful event that you know hopefully each each race is lasting 15 to 30 minutes maybe or something and and depending on the day and weather but it just collaborates into one event and everybody has to work together i know we have some exciting stuff that's happening on another end of it that i'm going to let craig kind of introduce because it's kind of his baby well, a couple of topics on the business then one is the digital ticketing it's a fantastic facility we're going to have five or 6,000 people on the property each day. That's going to tax the cellular service no matter where you are. So any of our listeners, and we'll communicate the same with our schools, all of our fans that can make sure they've downloaded their digital ticketing, or even if they decide to print those off, they'll be better served than waiting until they get to the gate to try to rely on the cellular service. Another thing that we're going to do, we're making every effort possible this year to stream the cross-country championships. We can't tell you how excited we are about that. And even on our partnership standpoint, we've had a lot of nice engagement from our partners the last several years, namely Central Methodist University, Missouri Valley College, our Touchstone Electric Cooperatives, and quite a bit with the Missouri State Highway Patrol this year with the championships, our engagement, depending upon the services that they are obliged to on that particular day. But we have expectations of having the Highway Patrol helicopter, their command and crisis mobile unit and a couple of other items to demonstrate what they can do and to give our communities around the state an opportunity for their young people to consider that as a career. 
That they serve great crowd control too. You know, <laughs> no. If you're listening to this and you have never experienced cross country, you have not understood the culture. But cross country, just like all of our sports, has its own culture. And as a high school athletic director, I was at a school that had very strong cross country. I said then, and I continue to say, it was at that time, and probably still is, my favorite MISHA championship. And I can't even describe exactly why, but when you see individual kids, and it was a little, you saw this a little bit more in Jeff City because the finish was about... 150 yards uphill grueling. it was a grueling finish and and while we have a, a slight uphill finish here at gans creek the effort that cross-country runners put into their race and the fact that they're collapsing at the line and when i say at the line i'm talking about inches over the line falling over the line or sometimes not making it to the line But to have a a human being put that kind of sustained effort in and also make it to the goal (laughs) is inspiring to watch, especially if you're not the one falling over the line. But as a high school person where you have some sort of relationship with these kids and coaches, to be there and watch them do this at the culminating event for what has been really just months and months of preparation I highly recommend to anyone, and it's a it's a big ask because there's, as you said, five to six thousand people. The parking is a thing; it takes a while to get there. You got to walk a ways to get to the venue. Then the race happens on a course. Now you you've got a couple Two, of loops yeah. here, but you're going to do a three point one mile race within a contained area. There's a lot to watching a cross country meet, but if you've got the time and you're going to be around, I think it's worth your while. Or watch it on Misha.tv, which I think is going to be fantastic. The broadcast is going to be like nothing we've ever done. But I want to give a plug to cross country. I can plug for all of our sports because I get choked up at every one of them. But cross country is something that not a lot of people know. But once you know it, you are hooked. And I've talked to so many parents who had no idea that their kids were runners. (laughs) I've talked to so many who go oh my gosh, this is the most fantastic thing I've ever done. And I'm telling you, they're not going to be able to explain it to you. I'm not going to be able to explain it to you. But it is life-changing for thousands of kids Mm -hmm. across the country. It's just running, right? It's just, no, it's not. (laughs) It's a little more than that. So I'm off my high horse about cross country. I'm a big fan of all sports for kids. But this is one that's accessible to so many. It has been a connector for a lot of kids. So the fact that, that our championships, our cross-country championships, are done as well as they have been, and, and I can't take any credit for that. We've always done a great job. Well before I was in the office, I think is a, a real testament to those coaches and kids that are working really hard in our state. So anything to add? Nope. You've got, you got the weather, right? Yeah. I'm um, you know, trying to dial it up like we did golf. Two beautiful days. So um, you know, it is first weekend in November, so we never, never know. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that what constitutes a beautiful day for a spectator versus a competitor are two different things. It's also different for a cross-country runner than it is a golfer. Yes, that, it is. No, that's true. Yes, it is. That's so, true. Okay, well, we thank, thanks to both of you for talking to us about our cross-country championships. You've been listening to the Misha All Access Podcast. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstead, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access Podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics.
If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us. and We really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.